The Kinky Cocktail Hour is brought to you by Motor Bunny, the world's most powerful saddle-style vibrator that offers fabulous creative sexual experiences. We use it and it rotates, it vibrates, and it delivers mind-blowing orgasms. Enjoy Motor Bunny as your favorite sex toy. When you order the Motor Bunny, multiple attachments are included along with the link controller, which allows wireless control from anywhere. Motor Bunny is the world's most powerful saddle-style vibrator on earth. Use the link in the show notes and spice up your sex life with a Motor Bunny. You're listening to Kinky Cocktail Hour a conversation between adults about sex-forward relationships, kinky lifestyles, and frank communication. If you're under 18, please stop listening and visit scarletteen.com. I'm Lady Petra, and my pronouns are she, hers, and we. I'm Safa Master, and my pronouns are him, his, and we. And this is Kinky Cocktail Hour. Cheers! Cheers. Okay. What are we drinking today? A new cocktail. Good. And I chose it because we're having tacos tonight. We are having tacos So I was thinking of a tequila-based. And I was curious because we've done gin and vodka martinis, but is there a tequila martini? It turns out. There is. There is. Okay. I have no idea if it's good or not, but we'll try it. It's, um, we used our 1800, two ounces of 1800. Uh-huh. And then you use an uh, ounce of dry Dolan vermouth and a half an ounce of olive brine. And then two shakes of orange bitters stirred, then strained and served with olives in a martini glass. It's an olive soup glass. It's an olive soup glass. It's definitely a dirty martini. Yeah. Ooh, wow. It smells like tequila. Mm-hmm. What a weird combination of flavors. It is. Is that weird? I don't that's know. That's pretty weird. I don't know how to. You get the tequila, and then that's followed closely by the brine. And the Dolan. And then you get the Dolan at the end. It's almost like they're distinct flavors. Yeah, like layers. Like layers. Do you get the orange at all? Mm-mm. This time I pressed it into my palate, and I got the orange. But I don't know. It's I mean, not my favorite. I'm going to say that I love tequila. Yes. And I love Straight. martinis. <laughs> I'm not sure they go Neither together. the two should mix. Exactly. Yeah. This is not a... <laughs> well, we tried it. You know, we gave it a shot. We did? We tried it. It's not our favorite. No, but it's Friday afternoon. And but we're it's Friday tacos. and we're having tacos and we're having tequila. So. Exactly. <laughs> the Kinky Cocktail Hour is brought to you by Slub USA the world's strongest, most powerful male masturbator. Visit Slub USA at slub, S-L-U-B-B dash USA dot com. Today's conversation is brought to you by WeMinder, a behavior chart app for kinky couples like us. Learn more at WeMinder.app. Story of O, chapter two, part two. Yeah. So let's see, she's home mm-hmm. and she's been told uh, the night before this part of the book begins mm-hmm. that she has to get rid of all of her clothes. Mm-hmm. And so this is the first scene as she wakes up in the morning and she's dressed. Well, she takes a bath. She takes a bath. Where we meet her, 
this is after the bath and all of that. We meet her where she's got her gown on and she's yeah, her dressing her gown. dressing gown and so forth. And she's just kind of eating lunch on the patio or whatever in the at the table, the green cleaning room. woman. Yeah, the green room. The cleaning woman has left, left her lunch and yeah. left, left for the day. And she goes up to begin the process of sorting out her clothes and she gets a phone call from Renee who asks her basically what are you wearing yeah is the cleaning lady gone and what are you wearing yeah and she describes what she's wearing and he says well take it off mm -hmm. and she goes oh, okay and she takes it off mm -hmm. and then she sets about getting her clothes. well then he directs her to stay, stay that way rest, yeah. until he returns home in the evening yes. and to get on task yes you know with going through her clothes right when you read that, I was like, okay, because everyone's giving us all their two cents about, oh, as we read this, like, you will hate it and stuff, and it'll be transformative at the end. And so I'm going to just deal with where we are now. It's interesting because she feels slavish or feels like a slave, yet, let's be honest, she's not a slave. She's got a cleaning lady who makes her lunch. She wakes up late and takes a bath. She's a sex slave. Yeah, she's not a slave in the sense of slave. service right. slave. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's not too hard at this point, too hard of a life. But yeah. As I hear it, I'm, you know, I'm kind of like, well, you know, okay. You know, her Rossi moments were, to me, based on her choosing to be a sex slave, are a claiming kind right. of situation is what I can codify it as. So now I'm listening to this and I'm like, and she's making good choices as a slave in the sense of some of the items of clothing she's unclear of, and she's going to allow Renee to make those choices. And that, and I would probably do the same thing if we right. were making choices about things. Right. So it all seems pretty logical, but it's interesting because when she, now they kind of flash forward as her, now she's dressing for work this new way. She's apparently getting things made by her dressmaker and people are noticing that there's something different about She's her. carrying herself differently. Yes. Yes. A new but, confidence. Yeah. There's definitely that, but there's also what they don't know, which is the way she holds her mouth and the way she presents herself mm -hmm. is really almost a subtext to her. Yes. Like they can see it, but they don't see it. Right? Oh, of course. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And that's the sexualization of her. Yes. And people often, when they see someone going through sexualization or you know presenting themselves in that way, it comes off a lot of times like this, where they something's different about you, but I don't know what it is. Right. But it's enough that it keeps people's attention. Right. And that's what it is for, basically. But it doesn't strike me that Renee telling her to take her clothes off and operate that way is an extraordinary demand. That, no, I didn't just, think that was extraordinary at I mean, all. I've told you to spend the day naked. It's, right. It's, it's, it's yeah. not a concern. She was, for her, it was a surprise. She kind of fumbled. I think there's a titillation there. I don't know if I would be titillated. I'd be pleased. You but know, it's just different context. It's her coming to terms with being at home as a sex slave. Yeah, not at the Rossi as a right. sex slave, but here she's at home and the, and the expectations are continuing. Yes, yeah. yes. So she's adjusting to that. Yeah, and so then the story progresses to where she's actually at work and we learn about that she's a fashion photographer and she went to the Rossi during the peak of fashion you know, photography week. Yeah, so they yeah. were surprised by that. Yeah. And there's quite a bit of detail 
in the telling of her particular photographing of this one particular model. Mm -hmm. And she gets into the clothing and what she notices is if you make just these changes, just so to the dress, it'll be the same dress that they wore at Rossi. Right. If you pull it up just here, oh, she's wearing gold but if she bracelets, had leather. but if she had leather, she'd be prettier, or a gold necklace. If she had a collar, she'd be prettier. Right. So she's sort of starting to impose what her experience is on what she sees. Right. And she's kind of intrigued by this one particular model, and she takes these photographs that were for her as a photographer, appealing. Mm -hmm. And then she follows this model into her room and just watches her. Like she's seeing her newly and she's just watching her take off her stuff and just get ready. And the model looks up in the mirror and sees her and goes, oh, I need to get dressed now. And she goes, oh, I'm sorry. And that's for kind of privacy. Yeah. For privacy. And so it's like a clash between these worlds of her head is in a world where there's no reason why she should give her privacy to that dress. wouldn't be a consideration. It wouldn't be a consideration. Right, right. But it's like the sensibility of the world she lives in, in the Miller world. Right. As compared to the world she lives in, in her head and at Rossi and at home. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think so too. Interesting. And then she brings the proofs home of these photos and is having a, a conversation with herself about whether she should show them to Renee on their date night for dinner. And she's considering them. And I think there's several things going on there in her head about that. So we'll probably learn more about this as it develops, yeah. I'm assuming. But I think when Renee does come home, she shoves them in a drawer and she's not going to follow through with doing that. Right. So, so there's something there. We don't there's know what something it is. there. Yeah. I don't know if there's a uh, that conflating of the two worlds coming together like that or well they're black and white photographs well but i got the sense that she might have an attraction to this we don't know, woman yeah. you know yeah. there's a there's so there's that undertone going on as well as if she shows the photos will renee ask to be with that woman right you know so i think there's these things going through her head that are concerns sure and she's not sure how to deal with them yet no yeah, it's pretty early in her post-Rossi experience. Yes. And so she's trying to experience being here in the world after that experience at Rossi. And her overwhelming sense is she's really happy. She never felt more slavish. She never felt more of a slave mm -hmm. in her head. Like that's how she's experiencing it. She's happy for the probably the first time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because she's being fulfilled emotionally at some level. Yeah, it's fulfilling some need she has in yeah. her beingness that she probably wasn't aware of until after she got back from Rossi. Right. Herself, or was in the middle of it at Rossi. Well, you can speak to that, that your own experience, right? I mean, here you are yeah. being more fulfilled in service, collared, than you ever were before. Yeah, I really am and experience myself that way. It's hard to explain because I wouldn't have been able to totally articulate all parts of what how I feel fulfilled prior to being with you. You know, I wouldn't have been able to say, well, what would make me happy would be as if I had a life that did this. I, I don't think I could have articulated. Now that I'm in this life, I definitely know there are things I need to have that we have to have a sex forward dynamic for sure. That's important. And I need to be able to serve the person I care for in a way to make their life better and more enhanced. And that means sexually and as a service sub, you know, 
and being self-expressed like I am more and more, I feel myself more and more self-expressed each day, which is a whole totally new thing for me that I did not, I was the last thing on the burner and I was always too tired at the end of that time where my time came that I never took time to nurture my authenticity. And now I am, and it's a whole new thing for me. You've shared with me that even at work, people interact with you differently. Oh yeah, people notice. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you can relate to that in the story yeah. too. That's... Oh yeah, for sure, for yeah. sure. And shoot, if I'm in rush mode and I just go as a normal person to work, you know, which I usually do, people still notice my attitudes change, right? But if I at all do anything that's self-care in the sense of putting myself first and, and expressing myself authentically and just how I present myself, I get a million conversations all day long about that mm -hmm. for one little thing that I'm like, geez, people, do you do this with everybody? Because it's not that big of a deal, but it is because I don't recognize that I'm expressing myself. Right. Yeah. So, you know, it's one of those things that you're, I can totally relate to on that aspect with her. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it'll be interesting to see how it progresses. Yeah, it will be. That's it for today. If you're interested in kinky relationship coaching, online domination, or if you'd like to sponsor the pod to keep it going, please visit our Patreon website at Lady Petra Playground. You can reach me via email at ladypetraplayground at gmail.com. Our music is composed and performed by Roger Ferguson, who can be found at rogerfergusonmusic.com. Till next time, cheers! Okay.